Just last night, I was lost in the jungle with Pitfall Harry, surrounded by giant scorpions and man-eating crocodiles. Well, Harry and I just grabbed the van, swung through the trees, and over the tar pits and found the jungle treasure. It was really neat. If you haven't met Pitfall Harry, you're missing the year's most incredible video game adventure. Pitfall for the Atari 2600 and in television. Since I met Pitfall Harry... No other man will do. Pitfall, designed by David Crane for Activision. Hey friends, welcome to the Retro Game Guys podcast. I'm Dustin, your host, and I'm joined by my three good friends, the retro gaming guru, Zach. Rock and roll. The obsessive collector, JP. Collect them all. And the infrequent gamer, Alex. That's me. So what's up, guys? What's happened since our last episode? So I just want to assure everybody that we checked with Alex to make sure that he's actually playing the correct <laughs> version of Pitfall <laughs> this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't heard our last regular episode when we played Streets of Rage on the Sega Genesis Alex accidentally played the Sega Master System version. No, I think I Classic. got this week. Uh, Harrison Ford was in my version. That <laughs> right, <part. exactly. laughs> right, right, right. He played Patriot games. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and <laughs> and speaking of, I actually just recently got a Sega Master System. Got the console. Oh, yeah. So excited. Did you pop um, in Streets of Rage? Did you check I that did, out. I did not get a copy okay. of Streets of Rage, unfortunately, <laughs> but that will be on my list at some point. Um, so I didn't own a Sega Master System as a kid. So uh, beyond the few games that I do remember from playing it. Uh, a couple of my friends' houses. Um, this is kind of new territory for me. So uh, if our listeners have awesome uh, games that they think that we should be playing, please let us know. Yeah, absolutely. JP? I mean, sorry, Alex. Alex is next. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to toss to everyone sure. at the same time. Well, we got a uh, comment and game suggestion that I wanted to share. Um, at Mr. Don Van Dam says, uh, you guys have great synergy, synergy. And I like how you guys talk about the history of the games and reactions, etc." Uh, I definitely appreciate you guys coming back to topic pretty quickly uh, whenever we go on tangents. Yeah, that's why uh, I'm here. That's thank the, you, Don. Thank you, Don. That's the only that. reason that I'm invited this podcast. Okay. I'm like, come bring it back. Bring it what back. What tangents? <laughs> oh, no, that, that's I don't good know stuff. what he's talking yeah. about. But exactly. thank you very much, Don. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. You know what's uh, funny, guys? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nope. See, Don. All right. Reel it in. <laughs> um, his game suggestion is he also wants us to do Castlevania 3. Oh, well, stay it's tuned. A great that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, so we also like to include interviews from people who have connections to retro games. Uh, this could be anyone from designers or to people who work in marketing or even former you know game counselors like on the old Nintendo uh, hotline. You know, yeah, someone yeah. like that. That'd be That'd cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anybody really. If you have, if you or someone you know has an interesting story to tell, you know, please contact us at the retrogameguys at gmail.com. Absolutely. Actually, let me just correct one thing real quick. It's retrogameguys at gmail.com. If you, if you send it to the retrogameguys <laughs> oh, at gmail.com. Did I say the? <laughs> you yeah, did. You should, oh. you should get the, we should get that one too. Retrogameguys at gmail.com. <laughs> Gmail.com. Thank All you. Right. I will register the retro. <laughs> You've got it. You probably got <laughs> it. Get on there now. All right, guys. Thanks for the updates. Uh, I'd also like to it's say. taken. Oh, oh no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd also like to say thanks to Mackenzie from the Writers Get Animated podcast and Joey from the Drunk uh, Broadway podcast. I chatted with both of them this week and got some great tips and tricks on podcasting. So thanks, guys. So uh, now let's get into the show. For this episode, we're covering the classic platformer Pitfall which was released in 1982 on the Atari 2600, and JP's working on his Drink. Uh, mute switcher. Right <laughs> you everyone hear that cough? Yeah, I, yeah, I got that one. Here goes Love the it. shot. There goes the, yeah, that's right. Start drinking. <laughs> and if you'd like to give the game a play before listening to the rest of this episode, uh, you may have to consider emulation. It's unfortunately the easiest way to enjoy the game unless you still have an Atari lying around. It's because there's very few official versions of Pitfall out there, but of course, you know the legal considerations by now. 
Um, Pitfall is also featured on the later Atari Flashback plug-and-play consoles from At Games. 100-plus games for about 50 bucks, but honestly, those consoles are not good. I really, I've played with them, and they're not, they're very, very cheap. So really, try to pick up the original cartridge. Well, there goes our At Games sponsorship. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, they're lovely people, I'm yeah. sure. I actually think it's sad that it's not easy to get your hands on Pitfall. I mean, this is a really, really good game. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe there's something up with the license owned by Activision or yeah. something. But I really hope this changes because this game is just too important. And I'll explain a bit why Pitfall is so historically important to video games. People need to play it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this Pitfall episode, Zach will take us through the history of the game, which this week includes input from a surprise person. Bum, even bum, JP bum. and Alex Ooh. don't even know about Ooh. this yet. Ooh. I like it. We'll then chat as a group about <laughs> our memories of the game, our experiences replaying it, and we'll also see who came out and are on top. On Drink it. friendly cheese. <laughs> wait, wait, the sneezing that count? Sneeze. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like a, that's a, a chug of beer, a, yeah, right? That's right. You got a shotgun of beer. I love it. I used uh, the button. Leave me alone. No, we're going to start like sending get well cards to JP. <laughs> I'm going to need a get well card if he keeps sneezing my direction. Uh, so, <laughs> well, as I say, we'll see who come at, came out on top in our friendly score competition. JP will hopefully still be alive to school us on the world of collecting. <laughs> and we'll wrap with our retro game giveaway where someone will win an original copy of Pitfall. And if Ooh. you want to win our next retro game giveaway, head over to at Retro Game Guys on Facebook or Twitter and leave a comment. Tell us what you thought about the podcast, post your gaming memories, or tell us what you think we should play next. So to kick us off, here's Zach to give us a bit about the background, history, and interesting facts about Pitfall. Thank you, kind sir. Well, Pitfall. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Pitfall, or should I say Pitfall? Right. Because there's a there's a uh, yeah the title includes an exclamation <laughs> point is a classic 2D platformer game that was developed by programmer David Crane at Activision and was released on the Atari 2600 way back in 1982. Now. Uh, Technically, at the time uh, the game was released, the Atari 2600 system was actually called the Atari VCS. Did you guys know that? Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, it's for, it stood for a video computer video system. Computer system. Yeah, oh. it wasn't until later in 82 when Atari released the Atari 5200 that they standardized their console names. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, while... 5200 is twice as much as 2600. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I never noticed that like, if you look at an old Atari, like you know, the wood grain ones, yeah. you don't see 2600 stamped anywhere. It just on says there. Atari, yep. Right, yeah. right. So uh, in Pitfall, you play the role of Pitfall Harry, an explorer who is searching the jungle for treasure. Now there are 32 pieces of treasure in total, including gold and silver bars, rings, and money bags. So I guess this isn't ancient treasure. <laughs> it's money bags laying around. <laughs> right. Um, and, Giant uh, diamond ring. <laughs> right. Uh, to find them, Harry will need now to... I did it. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you co- are getting sick. You're not going to make <laughs> it to the end of the episode. That's coffee it. You're dying. Starting to catch on. I'm sorry, guys. So uh, uh, Mr. Don Van Dam, sorry for the the tangents that keep happening here. We're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to bring it back. We're trying. Right. Uh, so to find these treasures, Harry will need to run, jump, climb, and swing from vines, and of course, avoid hazards and enemies. Um, now, this stuff, you know, the, the running and climbing and jumping and all that sounds like standard stuff when you think of platforming games. But as you guys remember, back then, video games, especially home video games, were very simple. Like, think combat for yeah, the Atari, yeah, think absolutely. Pong, that kind of stuff. So Pitfall had a ton of variety that was really groundbreaking at the time. And I, and I, again, I just keep going back to those early games that I played versus the day I, you know, cracked open Pitfall and it was just, you know, Pitfall was mind blowing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It, it, this was what I was like, wait, it keeps going. This is cool. <laughs> like, more it, than one screen. Right. Yeah. And the game, it, the game throws a few different challenges your way. So you have to avoid environmental obstacles such as quicksand, 
open pits and fires, and there are some tricky enemies such as crocodiles, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone's favorite, uh, who in some cases you can only pass by avoiding their snapping jaws and jumping on their heads. Yeah, you jump on their eyeballs so that they don't hurt you. What? Totally. (laughs) And uh, probably even more annoying is those scorpions who require Uh, like very precise precise jumping. jumping. I can't tell you how many lives I lost on those guys. Um, Do you guys have troubles with, uh, what was actually worse, the crocs or the scorpions for you guys? At first, the Crocs was the worst because I forgot you could jump on their eyeballs because yeah. that doesn't make any sense. But uh, <laughs> but the scorpions were the worst because I uh, what I love is the rope. The rope you have you have some leeway. You can jump early, late, and on barely catch it. Yeah. But the scorpion, if you hadn't hit that button at that precise moment, you're not. You're just dying. Well, especially if they switch back on you're like, all right, I timed it. Nope, I didn't time it enough. Okay. Yep. Chewing on your foot. Yep. <laughs> So there's a total of 255 screens in Pitfall. Oh, God. And the map... <laughs> yeah. It's just like we what, talked you, about. You didn't get through all of them? What? So, <laughs> and the map is circular, meaning that if you start on, you start on screen one, and it, you can go left or right. Um, so, and there's also, you know, always debate about like, oh, are you, you know, are you a left guy or a right guy? You know, like how, uh, left, left all always left. Right. (laughs) So if you go right from the start, it puts you on screen number two, but if you go left, it puts you on screen 255. And again, it's like one big circle and somewhere hidden in all those screens are the treasures. And, uh, but there are ways to skip screens. And this was news to me until I really started doing research on Pitfall is if you climb down the ladder and you go underground, each screen underground counts for three levels above ground. Okay. Oh. So it's kind of like a I'm warp. I'm notes. You just answered one of my questions. <laughs> I, I was wondering yeah. about that. And but course, you still have to hop over the scorpion, so right. that, yeah. that's not really a cheat sometimes. Well, that's a, that's a perfect you know, segue into the next comment, which is, that was intentional. Yeah. So pro- okay. the programmer, David Crane, said he intentionally made the scorpions harder to jump over, because he wanted you to demonstrate skill if you wanted to skip screens. Oh, no wonder so, I couldn't do I it. I thought that was easier <laughs> I don't have than skill. jumping on the alligators. But uh, I'll well, get to it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I, don't know, I, I would have to go with that also. I, have, yeah, I, had, I, think I got a little were, trick that yeah. I found. Yeah. Right, Once so I knew how to jump on the crocodiles, I never lost a life. I lost, I, I lost almost all my lives on scorpions. Hmm. So the scorpions, the, you know, the fire, the pits, and all these sort of hazards are, are pretty difficult. But to make matters even more difficult, you only have three lives mm-hmm. and 20 minutes yeah. to find the treasure. And it's kind of, I think it's real time, too, or pretty close to it. Then just yeah. Once that yeah. timer yeah. starts, man, down, you yeah. can't. Yep. And that's actually one thing that stressed me out is if you're playing on an original Atari console, there's no way to pause the game. Mm. So I kept... Even though the two lives looks like a pause symbol. <laughs> right. Don't hit it. It's not going to do anything. So I kept oh, trying... Oh, is that to, what those marks are? Oh, yeah. It does look like a pause symbol, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I kept trying to focus on a good run and I kept losing time because I, if, if you look down at your printed map, for example, you lose time. Yeah. If your kids interrupt you, like they kept interrupting me, <laughs> you lose time. You know, every, every, go away. So any distraction will cause you precious seconds. Um, so you know, later consoles, like, like the Nintendo Entertainment System, they had they finally put you know a pause button or a button, like the start button that was to pause the game yeah. on the controller. Um, and I, it reminded me the other day when I got my Sega Master System that the Sega Master System had a pause button, but it was on the console itself. Hmm. So I remember <laughs> as a kid uh, hitting the pause button with my feet, like with my toe, my, <laughs> my very right capable, right, yeah, you're talented toes. <laughs> Tiny kid toe. Yeah. So, and, you, and that's a callback to the Punch-Out episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. Video game right. toes. No, yeah, I, there you go. <laughs> right on. So if you get all 32 treasures in Pitfall, the game gives you a kill screen, meaning the gameplay freezes and there's time left on the clock. So, hey, congratulations. Nothing happens at that point. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, you win by being frozen, right? Uh, a perfect pitfall score is one hundred and fourteen thousand points. Oh, that—that's mm. why I almost got that. Of course, yeah. right? Yeah. I got one fifteen. Right. and it's the hardest. That's the hardest challenge in the game because you start with I think it's like two thousand points or something like that. If you do almost anything, you know, you lose points. So if you touch the rolling logs, they rob points from you. If you fall down the holes, you lose points. So in order to get a perfect score, you have to get every treasure in the game and basically don't touch any of those minor hazards. So it's very, very difficult. And do it within the 20-minute and live limit. So Zach did it only three times, then, I'm guessing. No, dude. (laughs) There's not a human alive that's ever done that. Come on. David Crane I'm sure they did. Yeah. And so, uh, um, by the way, did you guys, I'm sure it's going to come up at some point, did you guys uh, pick up on the whole Tarzan sound when he like swings across the vine? You know? Oh, for sure. It's exciting to swing and, you know, kind of jump over the logs and stuff. But there's times where the logs are, especially when you're running uh, left to right, you're running towards that vine to jump on it and hear that wonderful sound. But then there's also rolling logs trying to like take your feet off from under you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to get a perfect score, again, you're like, Jumping over those while still trying to time that vine jump, which is really mm-hmm. difficult. Yeah. Um, there's also no music in the game. And I think it would be hilarious, JP, if you finally had put <laughs> headphones on for this one and you heard did nothing. You, did, you have, did you have headphones for this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you got the Tarzan, then that's it. Yeah, right on. Nice. So apparently uh, programmer David Crane had drawn the concept of Pitfall in 10 minutes. It's kind of like a napkin sketch. Oh, nice. Um, but it <laughs> took him 1,000 hours of programming, including a team, to, to bring it to life. Wow. And it was 1,000 hours well spent because Pitfall was a huge, huge hit. In fact, it's probably even an understatement. It sold over 4 million copies and is the uh, number two best-selling Atari 2600 game of all time. Uh, guess number one. Can you guess? Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Yeah. You got it. That's an easy one. Uh, it also held the top spot on Billboard's video game chart for 64 consecutive weeks. weeks. People loved them some mm. pitfall. Um, and while the game was very good, I'm sure it also help, was helped a bit by the popularity of the first Indiana Jones movie, yeah. Raiders of the Lost sure. Ark, which came out a year earlier in, in 81. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And I'm sure they had like, nothing to do with uh, the guy who <laughs> yeah. created Pitfall. Yeah. Right. David Crane, actually, in an interview, did say he was inspired by that. But yeah, wh- why not? Um, and he, uh, David Crane also said that at the peak of Pitfall Mania, Activision was receiving 14,000 fan letters a week. And uh, they had wow. seven to eight full-time people dedicated just to opening letters. Wow. That's crazy. I would love to read one of those letters. Uh, yeah. Now. Where, where <laughs> are those letters? Are they all pa- pasted together out of newspaper letters? Yeah. <laughs> 14, if you ever want to see Pitfall Area live again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> how many of those letters were like, please tell me how to get past these crocodiles? Oh, so yeah. just like begging for tips. <laughs> that was no from internet. JP because he didn't read the manual. <laughs> right. It's in the manual. So <laughs> speaking of JP, that, that's about 14,000. That's about how many fan emails you get, right? Yep. You, you take, <laughs> just right. about there. Yeah. That's why he has the game vault, just to <laughs> store all the fan mail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Pitfall would become a part of 80s pop culture, and uh, it spawned a Saturday morning cartoon and uh, board games and other sorts of merchandise. I don't remember the Pitfall cartoon. Do you guys remember that one? I don't remember the cartoon. No. I think I had the board game, but I don't think I don't remember the cartoon. Yeah, I saw. I went on a line and I saw. I guess there's only like one or two episodes on YouTube, so there's people that are trying to you know find and preserve those. Hmm. Um, but I did find a a pitfall jigsaw puzzle, which I almost bought because just why not, right? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. We uh, may, uh, build it and put it up on the wall. That, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, looking back, pitfall has become a very important part of video game history. 
and it's recognized as the game that invented the platformer genre. And oh, just, okay. Yeah, and of that course, makes sense. yeah, this, and of course, the format over you know many years to come would be perfected by games like Super Mario, Metroid, and all that. Hmm. Yeah, stuff. I, hmm. I didn't really think about that, but you're right. This is this is the earliest example I can think of of this kind of like side-scrolling platformer kind of game. It's really cool. I yeah. love this game. Everybody, I mean, we'll yeah, get into that later. But this game's awesome. Pitfall. So after the original Pitfall. A sequel and a few other games would pop up on major consoles at the time. So out of all the follow-up games, I picked two that I think are are notable. The first is Pitfall 2, which came out in 1984, which is also on the 2600. And I think dedicated Atari fans will know about this game, but I'm curious if you guys had ever heard of Pitfall 2. I'm just curious if the exclamation point is after the (laughs) word or after the number. Pitfall 2! I I don't know if I remember that one I don't remember that. It didn't get a lot of attention for a number of reasons, Um, one of which was it came out just as when public interest in video games was cooling off Mm. uh, around that time. So, you know, I don't think as many people that originally played Pitfall and loved Pitfall went on to play Pitfall 2. And it's a real shame because Pitfall 2 is... Awesome. So oh, if you yeah? guys haven't played it, you need hmm. to play it. I have a copy here. We can play it after the podcast. So in Pitfall 2, you explore vertically scrolling levels. Oh. You can swim. There's like checkpoints. And uh, get this, JP, there's music in the game too. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, David Crane actually added a physical extra chip on the cartridge so he could push the limits of the Atari 2600 even further, including you know making better music. So if you're a fan of Atari, this is a must-own. And I, I saw a couple of like Atari best-of lists, and this game is usually right at the top, hmm. a best Atari game. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, I also think uh, Pitfall, the Mayan adventure, is worth a play. So this came out about 12 years after the original Pitfall game in 1994 on uh, the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. And it's also a platformer, but it has like real playful gra- uh, graphics and smooth animation. And it was somewhat of a success. I'd say it sold over a million copies. And there's a Easter egg in the game that unlocks the original version of Pitfall. Oh, that's cool. Oh, which wow, is, that's yeah, really cool. it's cool. That came out in 94, you 94. said? Yeah, it's, 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 still, it. it's pretty cheap, too. I think, you, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 bucks or something like that. Hmm. So it's, it's worth getting. My buddy Chris, hey, Chris, had this and uh, I remember playing Hi, it quite Chris. a bit. Yeah. Uh, so fast forward in recent times, sadly, Pitfall, uh, the game series, has gone quiet. And uh, as we said earlier, there are no prominent versions of the original Pitfall game on new gaming platforms and no plans that we know of to release new games. And of course we know everything that's coming. Oh, so yeah. that's really surprising. They tell us first. Right. Um, you hear it first. Um, I wonder if you want to catch the MTV reference. Yes, is that what it was? The MTV mm. news. Right. Thank you. First. I wonder if we'll ever see Pitfall Harry again. Uh, what? You didn't like that? Is oh, Kurt Loader here? <laughs> Can we I was get... thinking more. What was, what was the, the lady's name? Kennedy? Oh yeah. Well, no, Kennedy. No, no, no. Kennedy and then, uh, there was no, I know you're talking about that. There was another lady. I no, forget. no, no. Yeah. Tabitha, Tom Thompson's Tabitha Soren. Yes. We should. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do need to get them in. That'd Still have great. a crush on Candy though. <laughs> <laughs> Until she spoke later in life, she was oh. way weirder. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry. I> gotcha. <laughs> Tangent. Get back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So, uh, so I wonder if we'll ever see Pitfall Harry again. Um, there is a new Indiana Jones movie coming out in a couple years. So maybe. hopefully, maybe it's hopefully time to, if they ever get their stuff. Hopefully, together, let's do did this. you see the last one? Oh, come on. It's still Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. I like being in fridges during nuclear attacks. Right. That can work. Yeah, so maybe this is time for the, you know, comeback, right? Time it with uh, Indiana Jones once again. So Absolutely. But we all love Pitfall, and we want to see it again, right? I think that's... For sure. Right. Sure, yeah. Okay, so that wraps up the history segment. And now, to help us learn more about the game, here are five ridiculously interesting facts... Ridiculously interesting facts... About Pitfall. Wow. <laughs> that was a pregnant That was pause. a good pause. Uh, number one, uh, David, uh, programmer David Crane is not just a game designer. Oh, no. 
Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, he's also a chef. No, he's a, <laughs> he, he, yeah. he is also one of the founders of Activision. Oh, cool. Oh. Yes, that Activision, one of the most popular game companies in the world as a part of Activision Blizzard. Known for just a few games like Call of Duty uh, series, Overwatch, and uh, of course the game Dustin and I lost years of our lives on uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, right. A lot, yeah, it's good. Many years. <laughs> right. I have you to blame for all of that. It is my uh, fault. Right. Uh, I, number, made you, I made you drink that beer. Right. <laughs> number two, uh, a personal note from David Crane was printed on the back of many other Activision games, and I'm gonna I have one right here. I'm gonna pass it pass it around. Pass so you the can note. See it. So this is a nice Hi, personal David. touch. Uh, for example, on the Pitfall manual, uh, he gives you gameplay tips, tells you how to tells you to draw a map. You need to draw a map, um, <laughs> and even invites you to write him directly. So this uh, direct connection between the designer and the player that apparently meant a lot to Activision back in the day. So you guys remember in earlier episodes we talked about how, like, especially in Japan, um, the, the uh, programmers didn't get a lot of personal credit in the games. Yeah, the yeah credits, right? Well, apparently Atari was no different. And that was an issue for David Crane and the other programmers who felt like they should be recognized just like musical artists would on, on albums. So that was one of the driving forces for them to spin off. So they used, a bunch of guys like David Crane used to work for Atari. So they spun off of Atari to form Activision. Makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah. So, and number three, the working title for Pitfall was Jungle Runner. <laughs> That's a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, David Crane apparently came up with the name Pitfall uh, himself, but he says it was hard to get people to adopt the name as working titles tend to stick over time. Yeah. But I think Pitfall's cool. Like yeah, that. totally. That's right. Pitfall. Pitfall. Right. Number four. <laughs> uh, one of the original Pitfall commercials features actor and musician Jack Black in his first acting gig. Okay. So he was 13 at the time. <laughs> I posted our, the video to our Facebook and Twitter. You should see it is definitely... Jack Black in a safari helmet. That's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Which he then I've did later that, again, I think right? I've seen that one before. In Zumanji? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in that uh, uh, Jumanji uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. And number five, early Activision games like Pitfall uh, were some of the first games to include achievements. Mm. So this was yet another way Activision tried to connect to fans and I'm sure differentiate themselves from like Atari and others. Uh, for example, if you reach a certain score in a game, you send in a picture, a physical picture, um, and Activision would mail you an embroidered collector patch. This whole process took a year, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, well, uh, this was the first game to do that. Well, yeah, one the of whole, the first. I, the, one of the first. Like, and there wasn't just it wasn't just Pitfall, but many Activision games had these wow. achievements. And in fact, um, some of them they would like Pitfall. It has it printed on the back of the manual. It says, "Join Pitfall Harry's Explorers Club. If you score twenty thousand points or more on any one of your adventures with Harry." you will be eligible to join this prestigious organization. Just send us a picture of your TV screen showing your score and we'll present you with a special Explorers Club membership emblem. And you can sew it right on your sleeveless jean wow. jacket. And nice. you get free yeah. access to a Hall of Justice, right? right. <laughs> right. And when we do scores later, we're going to be uh, seeing if all of us or any of us made the club. Ooh. I'm sure that's very telling with Dustin's score here. Yeah, oh. so so it's kind of cool. You, and so this is, you know... This, years, could, this is a precursor to achievements in... in Game design and, and gamification. Yeah, and I think it's so much cooler than a digital trophy, don't you think? Like yeah. it's something in the mail and you even got like a yeah. congratulatory letter and all that. From it's a distance, you can you can make a sash and from a distance look like a Boy Scout, but you just play yeah. video games <laughs> really well. You just gave me a great idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> Close to Zach. Right. And by the way, I have a story to share about this Explorers Club, by the way, when I share my memories. <laughs> okay. 
And that was five ridiculously interesting facts about Pitfall. All right. Well, thank you, Zach. But that is not all the history we have this week. When we started working on this podcast a couple weeks back, Zach reached out to the games designer, David Crane, as we've mentioned a few times throughout the history. And just about an hour ago, Mr. Crane responded. What? We got... <laughs> Uh, Mr. Crane, the guy who designed this game, responded to Zach's interview questions. Really? And Hold on. We an hour ago? Yeah, literally like... Literally an hour ago? Liter- when like, we left and No, I no, no, like an hour before we started recording all this stuff today. So it was funny that I even asked that question. That yeah, we were hiding yeah, it yeah. from you. Oh, so, okay. yeah, we we got this response. You should have seen Zach. He was dancing up and down. <laughs> I was trying to actually like talk through something while he was... I'm like, focus, Zach, focus. I know this is cool, but we got to figure something out. I was so. like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's all, what? Tell me what? Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. So let's, uh, let's no, talk no, this about... Is, this is really awesome. So... Uh, so we reached out to this guy when we knew we were going to do Bitfall, and you said, oh, yeah, I'd do this. And we were all kicked around the idea, like, oh, it'd be really cool if yeah. this actually happened. Yeah. And I don't think any of us really thought, like, this was going to happen. No. At all. No, I, I kind of did last night when I was, like, like staring at this big blank open space in my, like, <laughs> Word doc going, like, I really wish I could have put the interview answer <laughs> to the, so, in this, you know, so space. So I want to say thank happened. you very much, David, for uh, yeah. responding to us, Mr. Crane. Yeah, and uh, cool. let's, let's How did, how did you track him down? Tell me the whole backstory. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated now. Yeah. No, I just, I, I uh, watched a couple of videos of him giving interviews at different events and things like that. Uh, found his website and uh, ended up finding an old Twitter post that he, you know, included his email address. I was like, I'll just send him an email. And I didn't even know if the email was still active. Sure. And uh, yeah, lit- I mean, just right before we started recording, I just, I saw this, it was funny because it was on my lock screen on my phone. It just had, you know, gives you an email preview and it <laughs> said, David created. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? And he just didn't send us one word answers either. I mean, he actually oh, took some time. Right. It, it, this is know, definitely so. That, so it's it is very very appreciated and, and and super awesome because we he's answered he answered the hard hitting questions <laughs> that you knew you wanted to know our listeners. Yeah. Great. Well, I can't wait to to hear about it now. And yep. here we go. So uh, did he go into like where where is he at? Do you know what he's doing now these days? And well, stuff we're like gonna that? we are gonna read these answers. Get into right it. Let's here, do this. Right here. I mean, where's my tea? Okay, so I'm going to read I'm going to read a few and then Dustin, why don't you read a few more cuz people are tired of hearing me talk anyway. That's for sure. Uh, so the first question was uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost didn't catch that one. Uh, the first question was looking back at Pitfall 36 years later, what parts of the game are you most proud of? And he said, one of the hardest technical challenges in Pitfall or Pitfall uh, was coming up with a way to define more than 200 game screens in the very limited ROM space that we had to work with. Mm. I created a mathematical algorithm that could generate the next screen to the right, specifying the location and types of terrain, obstacles, and pickups for that screen rather than storing that information in the ROM. So just kind of show where the locations were, you know. Um, A complementary algorithm was needed to redefine the previous screen if you turned around and went back to the left. With those two algorithms, I computed the world layout in about, and get this, in about 20 bytes of program. Tw- 20 bytes? 20 bytes, Wait, not let kilobytes. Me, let me see. You can't even program 20, a, a 20 website. Bytes? You can't even program You can't a, even program a, a like button. two, lang- two letters in, an, in like Japanese. That's not even bytes. a JPEG. That's not, yeah, 20 <laughs> bytes. So it's I, I, just, I don't think that I don't think that had ever been done before, nor has it been done since. Well, like, it certainly hasn't been done since. <laughs> you get five gigs just to patch a game, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's like a drop the mic moment, right there. That's isn't insane. It? Just like, twenty bytes. It blows my mind. I can't. I can't think of anything you could do in twenty bytes. And this in, game's layout is all done in that. That's, That's insane. amazing. His next question was, or the next question that we asked him was, 
David Crane, programmer of Pitfall, God, was uh, co-founder what, of Activision. What, 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 Activision uh, was was there a defining moment where you realized that Pitfall was going to be something special? And he said, uh, there was no doubt during development that Pitfall was going to open up a whole new genre of games, the genre that came to be known as platformers. Hmm. With screen-to-screen gameplay, the next screen could be the start of a completely different environment. If ROM allowed, which it didn't for many years, (laughs) uh, you could theoretically run from the jungle to the city and from the city to a ship docked on the ocean, etc. I just had to make Pitfall good enough to achieve that promise, and it would lead the way into the future. Holy moly. So he was thinking... Three dimensional chest can, at that point. You totally. can hear yeah. you can hear the pride in in his answer here about how much how proud he is of this game. I'm, that's a fantastic to have that in your in your kind of uh, background. You know, that, that you put together something you're so proud of. You can I could just hear it in every word. Yeah, and that answer you could definitely understand that that he realized that you could put a story together with yeah. these three different screens, and mm-hmm. you could actually move. Uh, you know, a, a whole a whole idea for a game, a whole idea for a movie story. You know? Yeah, I, I think back to. What would what did it feel like for those first people to play Pitfall? You know, for the first time, what would that feel like? Just you, I, I bet you it'd feel like, wow, I'm playing the future here. Well, we can talk you know? about that in the memories a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here's the last uh, question that I'll read anyway. Um, were there unused concepts, features, levels, or items, uh, for example, that you could not add to Pitfall due to the system limitations? And he says, I was pretty happy with the completeness of the game. When uh, limited by the ROM size, the goal is to cram everything into the available program space and hope that you end up with something with you end up with enough game to play for a fun game. Um, I had several projects that reached that point and were not fun, and those games had to be shelved. No, makes got sense. shelved. Mm. Uh, with Pitfall, by the time the ROM was filled, I felt that there was enough challenge, gameplay, and enjoyment that I could put, publish the game and be proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I really didn't leave anything on the table. There you go. I that's, mean, just, yeah. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. Super awesome. I mean, this is this is definitely, I mean, I'm not a game programmer, Can't but you can tell you this held was, that from us. <laughs> By the way, there's three results. more. There's By the three way, more J- JP's mouth's just like hanging open this whole time. It's <laughs> just like, wait. Ask if he has any closed, uh, sealed, sealed. I'm actually waiting for games. him to be like, wait, so. Go back. So you, David Crane answered our email? <laughs> like, I mean, that's awesome. But, I mean, just think about the games that were out at this time. And, and it, this, I, can't even, I can't even think. How much did they crammed into this game? That mm-hmm. This is definitely the ROM is filled up. There's but it wasn't, nothing, it wasn't so much, too, that it was crammed as in, like, let's squeeze all these levels in. No. They, they had all these, like, m- methods to, like, create a version of the world that had to be that small. You know, like, right. like it was a little bit of, like, sprinkling something that grew into a game, you Absolutely. know, because of the magic. It's just, Absolutely. yeah, it's awesome. All right, next question that Mr. David Crane answered for us, the Retro Game Guys. Creator the, of Pitfall. <laughs> the co-founder of Activision. Were there unused... Oh, wait, so that was the wrong question. Ha! <laughs> Are there any... You're shaking, brother. Uh, I know. Are there any interesting or funny stories to share about the development of Pitfall? And he responded and said, about a week before the development of Pitfall was complete. Oh, by the way, I want to note that at every instance of Pitfall, he writes it with the exclamation point. He, he got it, nailed it every really? time. Yeah, it's oh, damn right awesome. he does. I like the completeness. So about a week before the development of Pitfall was complete, it had only one life. I was thinking of creating a, quote, pure game that asked the question, how far can you get on one life? The other designers at the lab in Activision convinced me that the world was not ready for that and badgered me until I put in three lives. In hindsight, it was a good decision. I still hear from people that the game seemed very hard for younger players, but most agree that the challenging gameplay made for a more rewarding experience once mastered. 
Thank you for mm. not doing the one life oh, thing. Thank David. you. Thank you yeah. so much for not doing the one life. <laughs> yeah, I would like wouldn't get that, past the first screen. That the three lives <laughs> thing is a staple, right? Like cause you put in a quarter, you get three Pac Man. You put well, in a quarter, and, you get three Galaga. But we've done whatever. we've done games where it's like you you know, you play it and you're done. You you die. But yeah, there's yeah. there it, I think it runs the gamut. Yeah. Um but definitely uh, <laughs> this game I think would be near impossible if you only had one life to go the whole way. It would way. be uh it would be a precursor to Battletoads, probably. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question that we asked to Mr. David Crane was have you ever wanted Wait, to is that is that David Crane, the founder of Activision <laughs> and the programmer of Pitfall? That's no, right. Say it right. That Pitfall. Uh, have you Pitfall? Have you ever wanted to develop a new Pitfall and its original look and feel oh. uh, his answer was uh that a few years ago i did a kickstarter par- project to make an updated jungle adventure but it failed to fund so yes i've shown interest in doing something like that but i would only do it if the project was funded with enough budget to achieve the promise of what pitfall could become and that isn't likely to happen and, and of course unless activision was involved it couldn't be called pitfall interesting uh, let's I, I call would, up steven spielberg and tie in a <laughs> pitfall game i would propose something slightly different instead of, I, I said instead of bringing pitfall to the future what if you just made it another pitfall that looked exactly like pitfall one but maybe a combination of pitfall one and two where you can go up and down those types yeah. of things that look exactly like the first pitfall i think that'd be cool hmm. well at so, least bringing this to you know the switch right you know, the old game stuff oh instance, definitely at least bringing it forward Okay, last question uh, that we asked him was, what is your take on the lasting interest in classic games, including Atari 2600 titles, even with all the modern entertainment options out there? He answered, when we made games in the classic era, we couldn't fall back on beautiful graphics, so the games had to be fun to play. Classic gaming enthusiasts tell me that many early games are still more fun to play than modern games, and gaming is about fun gameplay, so the resurgence can be explained. On a purely selfish personal note, <laughs> I am proud that Pitfall still made a recent list of the top 100 games of all time, although barely holding on at 99, <laughs> he said, um, even after many hundreds of thousands of games have been published since Pitfall. It's crazy. So it's, uh, he's right. He's absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I think that, that hits a nail on the head. Like Modern games, you can kind of cheat a little bit and, and, and do a little bit... Uh, around the edges and make it look f- good or feel good, but not have necessarily be fun. Um, and these games, all that was laid to bear. You you had to make it fun. Well, and I think if you wanted to get that number up from 99 in this day and age, uh, you have to make it available uh, on the Switch. You have to make it available for people right. to actually play it. And then you said uh, earlier, Zach, that it was a little difficult to try to find this game. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. too difficult. On modern uh, consoles or uh, be able to stream it. So yeah, that, would, that would solve a problem. You know, if they made it uh, available on a Switch or something mm-hmm. like that, or even on a even on a mobile device, on it would easily device. work yeah. on a mobile yeah. device. Right. Again, I think I mean it's just people need to play this game, and 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 I think it's, it the is beast. it is amazing. I mean, ninety nine out of you know, like you said, hundreds of like tens of thousands, hundred thousands, whatever, how many games are out there? Even Videomations out there, you know, <laughs> oh taking the top God. spot, right? It's like it's still so beloved, which is Absolutely. which is awesome. So thank you so much uh, once again to Mr. Crane for uh, responding to our That was awesome. Request. Let's be honest here. For making our freaking day. Yeah. yeah for making our freaking really month. Cool. Yeah. Re- we really appreciate that. I didn't think and, that was uh, going to happen. That, yeah. I'm, that's, I'm psyched. It's so cool. It that's was like, crazy. it was like, you know, uh, being a parent on Christmas where your kids ask you like, oh, am I getting this for Christmas? No. You know, like, <laughs> I was asking Dustin, like, should we tell him? Did you tell him what day we were recording? No. I did in I, oh. I did in the, oh, did like two weeks ago. I was just I think I put like target recording date or something, which I think is still today. Oh, okay. Just like slip man dude, right this guy in. Knows, dude. He's like he he's like that's I'm awesome. Wait yeah. this right. Super. So, one of the things that. I put in my email though was too was I just you know whether he responded or not, I just wanted to say you know thank you for creating something that brought so much joy into my life and many others. So that's very very meaningful. 
that he for sure. The time. Well, let's talk about That's how great. they brought that joy back in the day. The memory, our memories of playing Pitfall back in the eighties. Uh, Alex, memories back in the day? Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I want to give a shout out to my uh, friend Maddie uh, for bringing this up to our attention on I think our Facebook uh, link about to do Pitfall. This was his favorite game. And um, we talked about Indiana Jones while we were talking about this game. And I remember playing it when I was really young, um, uh, a few years after it had come out, because uh, I was super young when it did come out to begin with. So I didn't play it until, uh, I think, the late 80s. It mm-hmm. was always one of those games that was that uh, one of my friends had in his collection, in addition to like Tron and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, no, this was an exciting game back then. It was hard back then for me. Mm-hmm. It was hard now. For yeah. me, yeah. Um, well, but it, yeah, it was it, always one of those things that where it was like, um, it always was like a, it felt like a classic game. Like I don't think I would imagine Atari without Pitfall. I, I can't imagine Atari without Combat, which is a game a lot of people uh, don't really think about. Um, I can't imagine Atari without Enduro. That's me. River uh, Raid yeah. and Enduro. Pitfall, Pitfall too. Pitfall and uh, Combat for me were like that's that's Atari to me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right. How about how about you, Zach? Well, I'm excited because this is the first Atari game that we've covered on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Atari 2600 was my first video game system. Yep. I got mine when I was about seven years old. Um, and back in the early 80s, my mom worked at a department store. So every once in a while, she'd bring home an Atari game. And I remember when she brought home Pitfall one day, and I just immediately fell in love with the game. To me, I mean, like we talked about earlier, it was like playing the future because no other game you know, gave you that much control, you know, let you explore the ways the pitfall let you explore the different yeah, characters. Right. I mean, it was just yeah. going back to your, you know, combat and other games, which just it doesn't mean they weren't good, but it's just, this was, so it, much, there were static screens. Yeah. This one, you could go back and forth and up and down and stuff. Yeah. Right. And it had a real setting too. It's a jungle, right? Like you'd see, you can really tell what's going on. So, um, by the way, I have pictures uh, from when I was a kid holding the pitfall box. Like, what? it was my favorite stuffed animal, right? <laughs> I'm gonna, really? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to post one on okay. our Facebook. Are, you should you? Right. Yeah. yeah, just do it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, was, I was a dork then. I'm a dork now. Hey, it's, yeah, all, for it's, sure. it's already out for there. Sure. So, uh, yeah. So speaking of pictures, by the way, um, so earlier we talked about those achievement patches that Activision would send out, right? Yeah. Um, well, I actually tried to get the pitfall one, the Explorers Club one, when I was a kid. So I got past the 20,000 uh, point threshold and I asked my mom, I said, hey, can you take a picture of me in the screen so I could send it in and get, you know, get the, the patch? So she takes the picture and, uh, and you guys probably remember back in the day with, you know, real film was like, you take a couple pictures, you wouldn't just get it developed the next day. Like your mom would be like, well, we want to finish the role, you know, yeah. so it was probably like, it wasn't a, cheap. <laughs> right. It wasn't. Yeah. Right? Not so until Costco came around. Could have been like yeah. a, you know, a month or something, whatever. Finally that we had enough you know, pictures to get it developed. And uh, when we got the pictures back, like my eyeballs almost fell out of my head because my mom just took a picture of me. Like, uh, oh, so, such a mom. Yeah, I was like, mom! <laughs> you know, like, so you can see this tiny sliver of the screen and it's, you can see that tell it's pitfall, but you did, she didn't get the score. Oh. So I didn't get the patch. Oh, mom. I'll never get into the Explorers Club. <laughs> never amount to nothing. Let's, no, so, okay. Settle it down, Zach. <laughs> On your safe space, You're okay. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, all of us. But hey, David Crane did reach out to me today. Right. And uh, so I've, yeah. you know, so You've maybe... now made good. Maybe I could, you know, I'm thinking out loud here. Maybe I can email him back and say, if I buy my own patch off eBay... Will he let David, me in? David, you should shut down your email right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're inviting well, you, you, a world of you hurt. You created a monster. Because <laughs> he, he could, right? He has the power to let me in the Explorers Club, right? I'm sure he does. I'm, yeah. yeah. 
Please, David, please. Um, and lastly, uh, Super Pitfall on the NES uh, is related to Pitfall. It came in later years. It's my best collector find in the wild. So I found a pristine sealed copy of this Nintendo game at a Goodwill for 10 bucks. I have it here on the table. You guys check it out. Um, and so, yeah, it's like how often do you just find perfectly conditioned, perfectly sealed games in the wild? So. Never. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Cool. Yeah, so those um, are my biggest memories there. So I still, I have some, uh, real quick to share. I, um, this, uh, <laughs> before we were a Genesis household, we were an Atari household. Hey. So, hey, so That's a big change uh, we you, had, we it? had a ton of Atari games. I, I want to say something like 50. Oh, wow. Um, my dad actually custom built a cabinet that we would, had a drawer that was perfectly sized for all the cork cartridges. Nice. And we pull it out from the wall and turn it around and the top kind of opened up and we'd put the console on the top and all, had, had, so it was really Really cool, dang and man! So, yeah, we had a twenty. We went from a twenty six hundred to a seventy eight hundred, um, and so this is. I, I played this game for. Do you still have any of the old uh, stuff? No, my dad. Uh, my dad, I remember, sold it off to somebody uh, like a coworker or something back oh. in the day. So no, I have none of the old stuff. Um, but yeah, so th- I played this game all the time in between in between uh, levels of enduro and river raid. You know, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, it was one of those games that was kind of fun because my brother and I could go back and forth um, and not fight each other. <laughs> And it was just try to. It was just a one of those kind of top score games. So I had a lot of fun with this game back in the day. Um, yeah. So Zach, I, I think you you had some uh, memories to share from some of our uh, listeners. Yeah, we do. Just a few here. So Keith S uh, and many others, I should say, online sim- said simply, one of my favorite Atari games. So just yeah, a lot for of sure. love for this game. Uh, Dale C says, first game that I remember playing, collecting the gold bars, fascinated me. Swinging from vines and avoiding all the dangers, good times. I think the first time I saw the gold bars when I was a kid, I, I avoided them because it looked like they were electric. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they have that, like, it doesn't look don't like it was shiny. It was like, don't touch that. Right. <laughs> but how neat, though, again, going back to like how this game was different, like, what other game had the hidden items, like, throughout? It was just right. so crazy. Yeah. Um, our buddy Jerry R. said, get him, Jerry. Uh, he <laughs> get said, him, Jerry. He asked, actually, is there an ending to it, or do you explore until time runs out? I always wondered about that, so... Earlier, we talked about the kill screen you know, yep. and all that. And Shawnee S. said, the game was impossible. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll, find, we'll find out if it truly is impossible yeah. in a few. All right. Well, uh, now let's talk about our playthroughs over the last few days. Uh, what was it like revisiting Pitfall after all these years? How did you do? What did, what did you get to? Where did you die? What score, <laughs> sir? How many treasures? Let us know everything. <laughs> <laughs> JP, start us off. So I'm, I'm going to go and say I probably came in fourth because, <laughs> oh, come I on. mean, I know, I, I, I swear to God, I can't. He gets the sound and he still can't play it? No. <laughs> I know, I know, and I didn't, you know, after you talking about the game and everything, I'm like, oh, okay, I learned something new about this as far as the lower level versus the upper level. And yeah. I was able to find one thing and collect, to find one thing to collect, and I couldn't find anything else. And my score is pretty abysmal, but I think it was also, it was hard to tell you know, except besides the scorpions and like the rattlesnakes, like what you could touch and what you couldn't touch. So like that first treasure I got, I'm like, can I touch this or am I going to lose points for touching this? You know, wow, I didn't. Yeah. Um, so what do you remember what your actual score was? Yeah. Hold on. Let me, let me bring it up here. <laughs> so it sounds like you got one, one treasure. treasure. I got one treasure. I did. Let's see. Uh, 5,844. You were not in the what? Explorers Club, sir. <laughs> oh, no, man. <laughs> before, and before <laughs> that, it was 5603. So, yeah. And wow. that was, that's one of the things, I, me stepping on the fire, because I thought, oh, maybe that's a collectible. No, it's a fire. <laughs> JP's showing a, a picture of yeah, him jumping onto the fire to collect the fire. <laughs> that's not how this, that's not how this works. 
All right, I'm going to go with uh, Alex bad. next. Okay. What was your score, sir? Or you know, any mm. anything thought was cool about your playthrough? This yeah, time? sure. Um, so I played on emulator online. Um, Proud of that, son. Well, no, well, we did say that this one. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard, definitely hard, right? Um, it's hard. Uh, jokes here. What I like about the uh, emulator online, the one I found anyway, it also emulated the Atari console. So <laughs> clicking on the black and white version, I oh, for, totally cool. forgot about Bad. that. I was like, this is awesome that you could actually just turn it into black and white. And I actually have a question for Atari. Like, why is that black and white thing even there? Was that for the TVs back in the day? Yeah, that was it was a TV thing because some TVs were only black and white. And so the black and white version uh, increases the contrast. If you play the, oh, okay. if you play the so color version on black and black, if you play the color version on black and white it TV, it's muddy. It's totally muddy. Okay, I got you. Um, I thought that was actually kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so a couple things. The alligators, David. These alligators are hard. Let me tell you. Uh, while the mouths were closed, I was walking all along the heads, and then as soon as the mouths opened, I fell right through its snout all the way into the to the bottom, got killed. And I thought that I forgot about that. So you literally have to be from the eyes to the back of the head. That's it. That's yeah. the only safe spot. Yeah. Um, and you can jump when their mouths are open, but you got to hit that one spot. You have or to else hit that falling. one spot. Yeah. So that was that was pretty difficult. Um, while I was playing it, I was like, it, I remember it being hard as a kid. I remember it still being hard as an adult. And it is unforgiving. You have to be precise with this. Yeah, um, the, especially the pixel p- precise. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just in touching the blue a little bit, you're going to go into the drink. Um, you actually have to time your jump because you can miss that vine. It's not forgiving. Oh, yeah, I did that several times. Well, yeah. then, then when you talked about if you fall down a hole, you lose points. So you lose my points, score probably yeah. would have been higher because I didn't pay attention. I was you like, oh, gotta, I can just fall down if, the hole. No, if you just jump, you'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Learn to as, jump. As far as the uh, scorpions. You didn't die when you fell. There's too many no, buttons on that controller. The scorpions, <laughs> I, I started to, instead of running and jumping, I would stop, let it come to me, and then right at the last second, jump and then Keep and then push forward. Wow, interesting. And you're, it would extend your jump. I feel. I feel it extend your jump a little bit okay. further. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to maintain your run after you jump. So, sure. um, and once I had that trick down, I didn't get hit by another scorpion. Nice. Ever. Okay. Um, and I took your advice, Zach. I looked up the map uh, mm-hmm. and uh, was pretty fortunate. So I started playing the game, and I always ended up dying sometime around the 13, 15 minute mark. Um, and then last night I played it. And ended up with a score of... Let's see it. 37,946. And I left the Atari on a little bit too long and started changing colors of the screen. (laughs) Do you you remember about how many treasures you got? Um, I I think I did a third of them. So whatever that is. 37K. He's in the club, Dustin. He's He's in in the club. club. All right. I'm going to go next. I, I, I... Got a little bit low, lower than uh, Alex, actually. But, oh. of course, I smoked JP. That's not, yeah, not a question. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, I will say, I played it on... I did play it, actually, on an emulator, even though I was giving you yeah. a hard time at first. Um, and it was just really muddy this to play on. This is one on. of the games that is really nice to play in the emulator. Uh, it's really easy, too. I I actually had the opposite experience. I, I don't know if it was because of the controller I was using isn't really an Atari controller, and it was uh-huh. I, it didn't really work that well. So when I you mean the Nimbus I, didn't work out the for you? Nimbus, no, <laughs> come actually, on. It was actually a, a SNES shaped one, um, but because remember I have like twelve controllers. Um, but so I came here a little early to the game room, mm-hmm. and I um, played it on an old Atari, the original Atari, barely held together by chicken wire. I mm-hmm. think <laughs> Zach had to like kick it and then stand it up on its side, um, and I did much better. And I did the 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 
trick for me was just go left and stay up because the scorpions I just gave up on. The alligators for me are super simple. Mm. Once I remembered, yeah, okay, or the, the eyeballs, okay, that's right. And then it was it was super simple from there. Um, so I gathered, I don't know, seven or eight uh, treasures and got a score of 34,568. Oh, nice. I lasted wow. about 10 minutes All or right. so. Um, that so map really helped out. I totally yeah, did. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so here, what does number one have to say? What, why why well, would you say I that? Think that no, I think. <laughs> why would you say something crazy like that? Uh, and I have to say, Alex, congratulations. I think you've, you've come in pretty high for a few episodes now. Well, listen, you? I think this was my suggestion uh, last time. So, I mean, I had to show up a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, good stuff. But I wasn't, I honestly, like, uh, halfway through last night's gameplay, I was like, I don't have the patience to be able to do this. <laughs> I need to devote a solid month yeah. to be able to practice my pitfall skills. And uh, JP, you're welcome anytime to come over and we'll do some crazy Rocky Balboa training on your video game <laughs> playing, sure. man. We'll get you, you, you'll be back someday. All right. So I played it on the uh, original console, 2600 four switcher, which I had as a kid. Um, and I couldn't believe how much fun I had revisiting pitfall. Like I always remember that it was fun, but I hadn't played it in many years. Mm-hmm. Playing it again over the last week, like I had so much fun with this game, and it just rekindled my love for everything Pitfall. It turned you into a little Atari file for a while there. It did. How could you tell over Facebook? I'm like, new Atari game, found a new Atari game, (laughs) which I'm still in it. Um, So my first uh, few playthroughs, um, I was just wandering around, um, and I couldn't really get anywhere close to getting all the treasures, but I got the map, which really kind of unlocked things, as you said, Alex. I could finally see how the game works. Um, and that's when that light bulb went off with the underground tunnels. Because I always thought, go ahead. When you went in the underground tunnels, when you came out, you just went to a random screen. I thought because it was different than the above ground scrolling. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, now you're just somewhere else. So I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was. I didn't. I guess I thought it was just generated. I didn't think it was linear in some yeah. ways. So the map just really shows you. Wow. Now you can draw a line to every single treasure. Uh, the game is still very challenging, even with the map, as you guys can imagine, because uh, to finish the game, you have to pretty much run the whole time. It also requires that you jump past the crocs super fast. If you fall down too many holes or if you really wander at all, there's really no chance you're going to get to all the treasure in 20 minutes. So you have to have a plan of action. Like nobody ever played this game. I can say this confidently. Oh, yeah, I was just kind of casually playing Pitbull. <laughs> oh, hey, I won. Like, not. Yeah. that's not the way it works. So uh, for my score, I finished it. Of course. Um, I got the, this is amazing. I got the kill screen, which just three seconds left oh, on the cool. timer. Oh, okay. wow. Like, did you take a picture of it this I did. time? I did. Are you sure? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I'll pull it up. Right. So that, see, when you come out of the ground, there's a final backtrack. Like, I think it's like two screens or something like that. Mm-hmm. I popped up off that ladder and I had like, I don't know, 15 seconds or something. Were your palms getting all sweaty? Oh, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> go, Pitfall, here we go. And uh, there it is right there. I'll show. There it is. My score. Oops. Yeah, there it is. My score was s- 113,276, which is a little shy of the 114,000 perfect score. But <laughs> What? But, yeah. So, yeah. Come on. Failure. You, you, you God. 724 <laughs> off? Three on, seconds. Guy. Let me tell you what. Wow. If, if Pitfall That's Harry would have failed... I would have been a very upset. When was this? When was this? This was about a week ago. Wow. Yeah. So I've been just like doing victory laps for the last week. I've been so happy. (laughs) So uh, lastly on my part, ladies and gentlemen, if you too would like to finish Pitfall and become a Explorer Club member, here are my top three pro tips. Number one, get that dang map. But instead of counting screens. From that tripod set. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The other, the GeoCity site was down, so you had to go to the tripod <laughs> site. Um, so here's my tip, though: instead of counting screens because you're wasting time, unless you're a dirty cheater and you pause the emulator, 
Um, write down instead the steps needed to win. So for example, I was writing things like go down the ladder after the fifth campfire, stuff like that. And so what I found was I only needed to write 10 steps to victory instead of like, oh, count, 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 count. Should, that would, would be nice if you put that on Twitter you need for to post all that. of us. Right, I, I'll try. Uh, number two, practice jumping past the Crocs' heads even with their mouths open. You have to go fast. You, can't, you have to breeze past them if you have any chance to win. Huh. So practice. Hmm. Uh, and number three, use a Genesis controller. So <laughs> <laughs> they plug, they have the same. Uh, yeah, the same oh, plug. Yeah, yeah. So it's way more responsive because half the time you're playing Pitfall on an OG controller, the target controller is you're fighting the damn joystick. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so, you know, so. And the thing comes up and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> is it the rubber cover, yeah, right? The rubber yeah. So you need up. that responsiveness and uh, it makes the Crocs a heck of a lot easier and the Scorpions too. And uh, good luck. Oh, That's man. it for me. All right. Uh, last question of the day. Uh, would we all play it again? I think we can just kind of breeze past this one. Yes, right? I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd play it again. This is great, especially if we can get David Caden Crane to talk to us. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all right. Wait, David Crane, the creator of Pitfall <laughs> and the founder of Activision, exactly. that David Crane? Yeah, that David Crane. Who sent no. us an email earlier today and like, <laughs> exactly. Well, all right, listeners. Bucket, we want bucket f- list checked. Just checked <laughs> off. Checked. We want to feature your scores and stories in future podcasts, so make sure you share them with us. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Retro Game Guys, or drop us a line to our email address, which is not the Retro Game Guys. It's just <laughs> Retro Game Guys at gmail.com. I'm so sorry, guys. JP's now, flipping you off right now. <laughs> now let's bring in that infamous JP to talk a little bit about how collectors can get their hands on Pitfall nowadays. Thank you, Dustin. You're welcome. That's enough. <laughs> All right, because they made so many copies of Pitfall, uh, you can get an original copy for about 10 bucks on eBay. Uh, the cartridge is green and features a drawing of the gameplay. Uh, the original box art is a little more vibrant, if you will. Well, it's more vibrant, <laughs> but it's one of the few ones, at least in my memory, that's actually sort of accurate to what's going on. It's got the oh, ladder yeah. and the wall and the scorpion and, and the stuff. But because mo- most it's of an them LSD like, trip of a cartridge. Yeah. Do you remember the <laughs> missile command box art? It was yeah. like this guy over a console, like hunched over with <laughs> missiles coming. I was like, it's just a bunch of line art, guys. What are you doing? This is totally <laughs> early '80s graphic design for sure colors yeah. Yeah. lots of brown lots yeah. of brown it's yeah. pretty sweet though. i think my I, parents I said say, this is a carpet that. i dig i dig if you've ever seen the box uh, i dig this rainbow that's behind it yeah I don't look at it's, it's a brown rainbow it's though a brown shades rainbow. of brown yeah. a brown bow yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're using avocado green it's great <laughs> so there also is a version that has no picture it's just a blue label with white text that version goes for about 20 bucks uh these versions were made in later years to cut costs uh, pitfall in the box with instruction manual or complete in the box, as I always like to call it, ranges from about 15 to 30 bucks. Uh, outside of Not these bad. carts, uh, I couldn't find any other super rare or notable versions to collect. Uh, I did find a prototype of Pitfall 2 on eBay, though it had a buy it now price of $2,000. Jeez. So now the crazy collectible of the week. All Alex's right. More than 2000 Yeah, you're going to be disappointed again. I'm oh, sorry. Come on. <laughs> so um, pretty much it's any Pitfall cartridge that doesn't look like crap. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now let me let me explain so you guys you know our listeners understand what the we're what we the have, time about. The one we have here to give away looks amazing. Oh yeah, it didn't look too bad. Yeah, Look, not too bad check at this all. Out, compared but to see, this is yeah. Ah. So what we're talking about right now, listeners, is that most Activision games uh, they had a problem that collectors have called. Acti plaque. Uh-huh. Did that um, you don't brush your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Or if you don't drink enough water, um, <laughs> where it looks like the it has like sweat stains coming off yeah. from underneath the label. These look like the bottom of a Five Guys French fry bag. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly, like, exactly gross. like that. Uh, apparently, this is due to a type of silicone-based adhesive that Activision used in combination with the thin labels. Uh, credit to the AtariH.com forums for details on why this happens. And then we've actually been picking up and looking at a couple of these carts on the table that have that look. Uh, I have an 
Enduro on the table here, it looks like it's so oh, acti yeah. or whatever that you can't even barely read the text on it. It's just, it's it really does look disgusting. Like a it, just, it looks like somebody uh, did it on French purpose, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I'm, I looked, let me see. I think I got all my Activision cartridges, but yeah, I don't have any that look halfway decent. It's crazy how... Yeah. That and that's just a chemical thing. That's not because they stack on top of each other or anything like that. No. They rub no. on each Which other. Which is cool how the way they stack with the grooves in the back yeah. and how they do it. That's pretty sweet. That's I like a shame. That. Like how you know how do you prevent that or can you? Is it just like chemical reaction that? And it's yeah, probably yeah. we have to talk to a archivist. Yeah. yeah, you're getting <laughs> a you got to probably get a seal of copy. But even then, you never know that could still be happening underneath. Yeah. Um, so there are some collectors out there that have tried to remove the glue very carefully. No, don't do that. Or replace the labels, but it seems that this problem is mostly inevitable. Yeah. yeah. All right, listeners. It's time for our weekly retro game giveaway. We've got an original copy of Pitfall removed from a dusty old crate in JP's ga- game vault. That's, but its label yeah. still looks pretty good. Yeah, it, it looks, looks great. really good. Yeah. It, it looks good. It looks good. Uh, and remember, if you want to win next time, all you need to do is leave us a comment or share the podcast on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us using at Retro Game Guys. And this week's winner is Keith S. Is that Keith Sweat? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Keith S, Congratulations, down, Keith. We'll send you a Facebook message very soon to get that out to you. Now it's time to reveal what our next game of the week is. Zach, what are we playing next? Well, it's our 10th episode, so I think we need to pick a really, really good game here. So uh, we're going to be doing Castlevania 3. Listener hey, that was for, uh, nice. for that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, uh, was it, not Rob Van Dam, Don Van Dam. <laughs> Don Van Dam. Rob Van Winkle. Um, so, yeah, and... and uh, not many people know this, but before we released our first episode of the Retro Game Guys podcast, our Mario Brothers episode, four of us got together and we did a couple of demo episodes. It was our first one. Yeah, to make sure yeah. that we weren't too crappy, you know. Yeah. And, and we were, so that's why this that's, Yeah, so we kept going anyway. Um, but we did Castlevania 1 on the Nintendo as the, the first episode. To test and, it out. Yeah, to test it out. And I think, you know, so we all dug Castlevania. I'm excited yeah. to kind of go back to Castlevania land. Um, maybe we'll even do the first game Listen, again. I still days. like that, but we should release it. Maybe like someday that. we'll maybe release it when we're a little yeah, more great. confident in it. <laughs> right. What's we'll, that, put, what, we'll put it on a B-side. What's that there one a petition site you can go to? The What, change.org? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if there's a change.org. Right. Right. Maybe we'll, we'll put up a Twitter uh, poll or something like yeah, that. It's not, bad. it's not that bad. It no, just sounds like we're... We're in the tunnel. Yeah, we didn't have any audio equipment at the time. We just had a built-in microphone. Yeah, it sounds like we're... You know. Which was the one that we did in the, at the, at the where we're, with all the background noise? Was that Castlevania? That was Castlevania. Well, no, uh, no, that, no, I think that was just the regular one we were talking about. Our arcades. History. Oh, that was the arcade yeah. ones because we kept having we families hallway. walking behind us. You know? <laughs> yeah, we did. We were on site at an arcade show for the first for the arcade demo, convention. Yeah. yeah, arcade convention, and we ended up just like stealing a, a room, a conference room, like a pretend. No, it was like, a hallway. It was a hallway. Yeah. It was literally it was a hallway. Well, no, no, the, when we, yeah. no, Castlevania was in that one room that Dustin. So we we like we just like picked opened the door because they wanted to charge some like thousand dollars for the room so it's like oh so like dustin you just, or somebody opened a door no, i opened the door i was yeah. like oh we're just gonna do it in here and then they came in it was like oh no we're using this room yeah. they're like oh okay they walked out they, they actually peeked to... their head and like hey is everything well no no we're good thank yeah, you yeah. so much <laughs> all right bye you want any water or anything that was right. great but yeah so i'm excited to go back to castlevania it's awesome. gonna be a good time yeah, all right guys cool. but you guys can't waste any time with this one this is a hard game it's a long game and yeah, so All right, we'll get I'll right have to give, give it. A, I'll have to tweet you guys. Give it, sure a, give, give it a real go. Give it a real go. All right, All right All guys. Right. Let's wrap up with a score recap. This week's retro game guys pitfall rankings in fourth place and not in the club with five thousand eight hundred and forty-four points is JP. Yeah. In, <laughs> in third place, making that club almost double the uh, score you needed. Me with thirty-four thousand five hundred sixty-eight. Second place club member Alex, 37,946. Right. And in first place, again, we are 
but hold on, and still without a patch though. So you, know, pa- you don't have an actual. And also, did not get a perfect score. So kind of lame. Yeah. One one hundred thirteen thousand two hundred seventy four. Kind of good, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. It's just all right. I think you could have done better, Mr. Zach. Zach, we're <laughs> just clowning. I mean, he's like, what? <laughs> Still, still quite an achievement still, with three seconds left on the clock, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. There you go. Pretty good. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for our Pitfall episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and it makes you want to swing on some vines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the retro game guys, Zach, Alex, and JP, and Tom, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next time, friends.